Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Ryan Leaf joining us. Ryan, let's start out with talking about Keaton Slovis, the kid that's now taken over, the freshman that's taken over at USC. 6'2", 200 pounds, beautiful build, and he's had some great early showings. Can this kid carry USC to the heights that they need to carry him to? Well, I, I will say this. Uh, you, that was plural, and it, he's only had one good game. Uh, and it was a great game. It was against a, a quality opponent in Stanford. But uh, let's, not, let's not get carried away here. It's one football game. Uh, they were Stanford was without their starting quarterback, their starting left tackle. Uh, they were also down 17 to three at one point before they just rolled the Stanford Cardinal in that second half. So uh, I think he did a tremendous job. But I'm just I want to see more. Uh, this team easily could be three and three four weeks from now, right? They play BYU next week, this weekend, and then next week on a on a shortened week they they play the Utah Utes who are pretty darn good. They come in on a Friday night, then they have Washington, and then they have Notre Dame. So there's there's a lot of opportunity there for this ball club. I'm just not ready to anoint them simply because they're USC and throw them into my top 25 right now. That was Ryan Leaf, who was on the station yesterday, I believe, with Hanson Scotty saying, hold the phone on Slovis. It's only been one game. And some other really smart, smart person was saying that the other day, too. Remind, remind me who that was. I or can't remember. Real, real that's, all, that's all blur. Look, if you don't prepare, <laughs> if you don't prepare for this kid... Then yeah, I get it. He's not. Don't nominate him for the freaking Heisman. But on the other hand, if you don't get ready, if you don't emphasize what this kid just did to Stanford, then you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. And so do not avoid it because it's right in front of you. And say, oh well, he lucked out in that game. Uh, BS, man. That's not the way you can go about this. I guess you could do it if you wanted to, but. BYU, Kalani Sataki, believe me, that caught his attention. And same thing with Kyle Whittingham. Whittingham remembers who said that, Jake. Jake is extremely cerebral. He's very intelligent. He's a great decision maker. He's got poise, leadership qualities are there. Mm-hmm. He seems mm-hmm. to be exceptional in pressure situations. You know, the bigger the stage and the more pressure, the, the more he responds. Thank you, Coach. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you for remembering also. Who, I have some self-respect. That. You know I wasn't talking about you. Ryan from TridayTrading.com uh, picked our band of the day today. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Did you really feel it necessary to point that out? <laughs> Sorry, just some insecurities you, on my part. You really? Don't you dare feel good about yourself, scum. <laughs> How many of our listeners actually listened to that just now Go and went, Boy, Coach Witt really likes real, Jake Scott. Has, has a high opinion of Jake Scott. Wow, who knew? <laughs> well, you never know. Sometimes people seem to. And and you were going to make sure that one out of <laughs> that one person listening that actually thought that also was not going to be In case your mom is listening, I just want to make sure she knew that he wasn't talking about you. Thanks. <laughs> 
Thanks for that. Oh, brother. All right. Well, yeah, you did say that. But look, I think the truth is you get what I'm saying, and I get what you're saying. It's not, I mean, it's one game, so it's not all of a sudden a situation where you're he's Tom Brady, but he has shown a capability that nobody really knew that he had. Let, let us not forget that even terrible Tommy Grady went out there and beat the stuffings out of UCLA and then turned around and lost to UNLV the very next week. <laughs> you never know, do you? You never, you never really do. But you got to prepare for it. Uh, Stanford looked shocked by what that kid was doing to him. And we don't know if Stanford's that good, frankly. Well, they were ranked. Well, somebody, the thought, who, somebody thought they were good. You were the, the one, one that said polls are fun. Right. You're the one who discredits polls. Now, when it's convenient, you go right back to one. No, but I'm saying just because you, you want to prop up your beloved do you think, Trojans. Do you think Stanford is some dog meat team? I don't know. I think Stanford has slipped a little bit in the last couple of years, though. No, I they're still admit. respectable. And uh, he made them look silly. I think David Shaw's done a really good job at Stanford, but I, last year was a bit of a was a bit of an eye opener because they just didn't turn out to be as good as you thought they were going to be with an upperclassman quarterback and Bryce Love, and the defense wasn't exactly terrific but last year. They, how good they are really doesn't matter. I mean, they're respectable, and this kid do, did that to them. Is Stanford better than BYU? Probably. Well, I mean, then the Cougars better. Pay attention because this this kid that Ryan Leaf and others are saying hold your horses on it just took that team apart. So if he's capable of doing it to Stanford, he's capable of doing it to you. Now Utah's defense might be a little different than that, but we also saw against Northern Illinois that there was some susceptibility in the back end. I, I said this yesterday. I'd be more worried about USC's receivers than I would be their quarterback. Well, it's one and the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is one and the same. Yeah, in, it is. In a so, sense, I mean, whoever's catching the ball, he, someone's got to be delivering He's it. got a lot of weapons yeah, but, because but those I, guys but, can get open. But I, I think it's more important than just that, Jake, because the, the, a defense has to make – so what you're saying is drop men into coverage? No. As in a, fact, I that's I, my poll point yesterday was rattle the quarterback because I think he's more vulnerable than they are in the receivers. But, okay, when you say worry about the receivers, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you how do you – how is that I think manifested? I, you're right. It's one and the same. But I think the receivers are making that quarterback look awfully good. Well, someone's got to be delivering the ball, my man. I suppose. Did you watch that game? Did you see the passes he was throwing? I did watch that game, yeah. Well, you don't manufacture that out of thin air. I mean, he was delivering the ball. And he had the good fortune of having guys who could catch it. Right. Which is helpful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is is quite helpful, Uh uh-huh. You throw it. And then they run afterwards, which is also helpful. When he threw that touchdown pass, uh, that thirty-nine yarder that turned the game around, I mean, it, that was that was a great throw. So it was, we'll, now, but you can also say it was a great route run. So we'll see what uh, what happens. Um, BYU will also need to move the football because odds are USC is going to put some uh, points up, and BYU is going to have to figure uh, out a way to to keep up with it. And we'll see how good that USC defense is. I think Utah, or excuse me, I think BYU still needs to run the ball more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. However, I think that they really want to showcase Zach Wilson. Now, Grimes 
is he he seems like he's he, he's going back and forth on both sides of that fence. Uh, last year, remember how conservative he was, and and but then he opened it up at certain times. So what will he do against SC? Where do you think their greater vulnerability is on that defensive side against the run or against the pass? Um, probably good. Uh, I well, well, let's look up the stats. I'll tell you I mean, exactly they, where where they are. Yeah. But I, I initially I would say against the run, but uh, we can look into it a little bit. Either way, I agree with what Kyle Whittingham said. Even though, man, I'm I'm torn to say this, but because I love what Mike Leach does, I think it's cool. It's fun to watch. Because so many times we hear people say, "Well, you can't pass the ball anymore if you don't run it too." And and I understand you got to run it, but and and Kyle Whittingham said he prefers kind of a fifty fifty kind of balance situation, at least in yards gained. Did I I heard him say that too. Did you believe him when I, he said that? That's, I he says it with such sincerity, because I think that's what he wants opponents to think. <laughs> I don't think he actually truly in his heart of hearts wants a well, balance. Then why did offense. he ever hire Troy Taylor? I've been asking that but he since did. the day he hired but Troy he, Taylor. He I don't know. He was motivated to do it. I have no idea. I, I think, in theory at least, it makes sense to him. And he knows from his experience as an expert on the defensive side of the ball that uh, that those kinds of attacks are very difficult to defend. And so I think he does want to have that throwing capability. And uh, so, so my point here is that I guess you can do it either way, depending upon the athletes that you have. But don't you have appreciation for what Mike Leach is able to accomplish? Yeah, Mike Leach is a great and Harold down at USC. He's a disciple of Mike Leach. Yeah. So, so they're going to throw the ball. How many rushing yards did SC have against Stanford? I mean, their leading rusher had forty-two yards. So it's. It's an admission, even at SC, where you wanted them to go back to uh, student body left, student well, body right. I still right. think they should, but that's <laughs> not happening, obviously. Uh, real quick, uh, passing defense USC right now, Gordo, is 91st in the country, uh, surrendering 200 and... 46 and a half yards through the air on average. Okay, that's not great. They are 78th against the run, surrendering 152 yards per game. So the average. Trojans are vulnerable defensively. It would appear so. And it sure, certainly looked that way early in the first quarter. And plus running of that, that Stanford game. Running that wonky offense always puts your defense in a in a rough position. Cuz they're on the wonky? field a lot. Yeah, it, wonky. It is wonky. What is the definition of wonky? We'll have to look it up. Running that uh, cute offense puts your defense... <laughs> you know, crooked, off-center, askew even. Askew? Mm-hmm. It puts your defense in a bad spot. You, you love uh, Mike Leach, I do too, but when was the last time Mike had a really, really good defense? Oh, they have good defenses sometimes. Sometimes, but they, they're never elite defensively because of the way they play. So you can't have an explosive offense and an elite defense. It's not at the about explosive. It's not about explosive. I, it's about how they play. They score a lot. I'm, I'm, they I'm, give the ball back to the other team a lot. I'm telling you right now, you give fan bases. Now, okay, Utah fans might be an exception to this rule, but you talk to Aggie fans and you talk to, to Cougar fans, and ask them if they would like to see 
a Mike Leach style offense installed at, in their programs, the programs they root for. And this is a guess on my part, and I have no empirical data here, but I'll bet you they would love it. They would love it. BYU fans knows they know what that feels like to have that kind of offense and how much fun it is and how effective it can be. And Mike Leach has proven that that defenses of today have not gotten to the point where they can stop it if it's run right. Now, Washington State isn't the best program in the world, but for what they're working with up there, they're pretty darn good. Why doesn't Alabama use it? Well, they would if they hired Mike Leach. They don't need to. That's why they don't use it. They don't need to. So I, I could just hear you saying the same thing about Bill Walsh at the, with the 49ers back in the day. Mm-hmm. Why are they running that wonky offense, that West Coast offense? Why are they doing that? You and George Hallis and who else? Ray Nitschke and Dick Butkus. And uh, I, I, I think there's more than one way to get it done. And I like watching that way. I think that's kind of fun. All right, Gordon, your column is up right now, sltrib.com. Headline, Team USA lost at the World Cup, but the Jazz have won. Uh, Team USA can now only finish as high as fifth as they lost to France today and uh, have been eliminated from medal contention. It's the first loss for USA basketball since 2006. Well, Jazz fans are probably the only fan base around that uh, this kind of loss doesn't really hurt them much because their guy, Rudy Gobert, was a huge reason Team USA lost. And so, yeah, they want to see, from a jingoistic standpoint, a nationalist standpoint, they want to see their team represent well. But uh, Mr. Gobert had uh, a say in the matter, and he said otherwise. We were chatting about this um, on our way to the show, Gordon, and Rudy, with his 21 points and 16 boards, he was the best player on the floor in that game. And usually Team USA, and I know this is a different team, but usually they have the best five players on the floor. And I'm only slightly exaggerating that. (laughs) Rudy, you know, was the best player on the floor, and he played like it. He single-handedly changed that game. I thought uh, Locke had a really good breakdown uh, today when uh, when he joined Hans Olsen, basically going play by play by play how Rudy took over the game in the final five minutes. And, yes, and including a block of Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Who, and that was a huge play. It really was. And here's the thing about it. I mean, Donovan Mitchell played, and this is part of the column, And uh, but, but Donovan Mitchell had a terrific game. 29 points, uh, how many, uh, six boards and four assists, something like that. And didn't really show in the fourth quarter much because nobody did. But uh, good news because you might be able to say that the two best players on the floor, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, I don't think that's any stretch at all. And guess what? They both play for the Jazz. Meanwhile, Joe Ingles' team, Australia, has advanced to the semifinals beating the Czechs. And so, yeah, this is all good news for the Utah Jazz. They are getting exactly what they hope to get out of this international competition. Donovan Mitchell, of all the players on Team USA, Donovan Mitchell, he's 23 years old still. Remember that. We forget that because he's played such a dominant role already with the Jazz. But he 
he has gained the leadership and I think the confidence that comes with that, that he's going to bring back to Jazz Camp. And, and so, yeah, good news all the way around for Jazz fans, just a little nick for uh, Jazz fans that are also Team USA fans. But this team is going to change for the Olympics next year. I mean, they're going to, some of those star players will be re... Uh, what's the word? Uh, what is the word? Encouraged mm-hmm. <laughs> to come help their, uh, their team do some damage in the Olympic Games. But anyway... The Jazz are the real winners here. They're getting they're getting solid play. They're getting advancement of their players. They're getting leadership mentality aspects that are advantages to what's going on. And and uh, all of this comes back to a team that is vastly improved over what it had a year ago. I think the mm, if you're looking for somebody to blame as far as the game itself goes, Gordon. How can how can in a in a game against Rudy Gobert in an international play where the three pointer is is even more important? How do they only get up eighteen threes? What's Popovich doing? I know he's stuck in his ways and he he likes to you know zig when others are zagging. But somebody inform well, him that Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player on the planet, and if he's just standing on the ba- uh, standing by the basket because zones are legal, well, it's going to be really hard to get to the basket. <laughs> but he doesn't have a whole lot of shooters on that team. Does it matter? Well, um, I mean, I... stand Donovan out there and just let him hoist. <laughs> I guess. I guess they could have done that. Still better than running player after player right at Rudy Gobert, right? That just seems like insanity to me. Did you read some of the comments of, uh, let's say, Miles Turner before the game? He was saying that Rudy Gobert, some people say he's the defensive player of the year. But he he, you know, he added sort of like this, well, that's sort of what some people say. Uh-huh. You know, it was kind of a dig at Rudy. And anybody that knows anything about Rudy Gobert, you don't make those kind of comments Mm-mm. about Rudy because Rudy's going to make you pay. Rudy Gobert is the best defensive basketball player on the planet. Miles, get that through your head. Well, and he had a very nice offensive game today, too. Yes, and that's the other part of it. Uh, he's uh, he's coming along. And I think a lot of that is confidence, but confidence that's necessary in order to improve he, he really doesn't have a go-to move down low and I discussed that in the column other than dunking but uh, nothing wrong with dunking that's a pretty high percentage shot it is and he made a lot of them last year and the Jazz obviously are very tuned in to how to get the ball to him so that he can be in favorable positions to do exactly that this this is nothing but good news for the Utah Jazz this is working out swimmingly for them as long as nobody gets hurt from here on. Which you brought that up in the column, and you're bringing that up now. Why are you even bringing it up? Is that like talking about a no-hitter? No, I just I, I want to know if you feel the same way about the rest of the Jazz team that has been playing pickup ball all summer. Well, yeah, that too. That too. Well, yeah, you never mentioned but, that. But you know how it is when you get in a competitive situation, these guys are going to stretch themselves. Hmm. Have you ever stretched yourself? You know, when you do that, then you're more likely to get hurt. Is that true? Or is it when you're going half speed, you're more likely to get hurt? Heard both. So, <laughs> anyway, so these guys are showing to the world. They're going to be fine. Donovan Mitchell was the best player on his team. Rudy Gobert's the best player on his team. And Joe Ingles ain't bad either. 
Almost had a triple-double, as you pointed out the yeah. other day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I thought this experience would certainly be a positive one for Donovan. I think it's turning out just that way. Um, Rudy's had other international competition, big-time competition. This wasn't necessarily a first for him, but, uh, you know, him having offensive games like this, I think, are certainly a positive. And, and you're right, Rudy's a confidence guy, and so this should no- be nothing but good for that. And he's super competitive. 16 rebounds. I mean... I get it. When these guys are playing, Joe Ingles almost tied his – he had a near triple-double against Senegal. He did. Senegal would finish last in the Atlantic Division. <laughs> 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 it's not like that's uh, – but but it, still, it's, it's competition where players are exerting themselves. And the Jazz have some of the best players in the world. All right, we'll have more of the big show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.